0: As if the McCrispie couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispie, available at participating
1: McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey and Purple Mafia is available on all your favorite podcasting apps and, of course, the Pigskin Podcast Network. Thank you once and always for that. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is kind of a pleasure to be back and barred with you once again today because... The Vikings hosted the Dallas Cowboys, right? Yep, yep, we're getting into Thanksgiving week. You know, it's kind of cold out, kind of, you know, kind of kind of cold and frozen and all that stuff. Last week was uh, not so bad. It was getting cooler out, able to get some yard work done uh, right before the snow and all the mess and all that crap. So you host the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, we got the Patriots coming up in a couple of days on Thanksgiving evening and all that. And uh, we lose uh, 42-3. Huh? Uh, they've... Flipping sucked. It's a typo. It, it, it's a typo, right? It, it's a typo. It's 40 to 3. 40 to 3? No, that's that's not true. Well, wait, 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 wait. Say, say 40 to 3. Yeah, they didn't show up. They didn't show up at all. Uh, right out of the gate, Kirk Cousins was script stacked by Micah Parsons and had me like thinking, oh boy, that's really, really not a good thing. But uh, you know what? This team has a resolve, resilience, and we'll, we'll find a way. We'll find a way. Okay, and then, you know, and then we sputter again. The offense sputters again. Okay, well, we manage a field goal at some point very early on, which felt nice. And then Dallas kept getting first downs and kept getting first downs and it was first down and it was first down again. It was just, it was techno football for the Dallas Cowboys in the most clear way. You can't describe Tech Mobile football better. They might as well have had the whole that Bo Jackson glitch going on. That's what it felt like, where you could run across the field, all the way across the field, nobody brings you down, then run all the way back across the field, still nobody brings you down. It might as well have been that way because it sure as heck felt that way. Okay, you look at the the average yards per carry and it's not like, oh gosh, Ezekiel Elliott, only 28 yeah, well, that's Ezekiel Elliott. He's passed his prime and all that, but he still had some key first downs, key runs and all that, and he did get in the end zone twice. So if he's, like, one of your, like, third or fourth running backs and you happen to have him active, I don't know why I always bring up fantasy football because I don't even play it anymore. I haven't played it in years. But it's just, well, it's so popular, and a lot of you probably do play it, that it's like, all right, well, there you go. That was a nice decision. You got the job done and all that. The, the offense was obviously terrible throughout the entire day. The defense was really terrible, too. It felt like the shell defense, Donna Shell, all that crap. When is he going to be on his way out? Uh, One bounce of the ball after another went the Dallas way. The Dallas kicker. Uh mar, 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 Mar. Made a sixty yarder that looked like it was gonna it was clearly gonna miss. He's, he's not gonna make that. It's way off to the right. He sliced it, and then it curves like a Nolan Ryan curveball or whatever the heck it would be. Or shall we say locally Bert Bly a, a Burt Blylevin c- curve. Captain Hook. Are you kidding me? Oh my god. Oh what come, come on Yeah. It, it, uh. Come on, man! It, really? And then he even had this. Oh my God! It went in. Look on his face. He looked like my. He looked like my mom when something crazy happens, one way or another. He's like, oh, that's what he looked like. And Kirk Cousins got sacked seven times. It felt like it was seventeen times, because well, yeah, Christian Darrisaw back in a concussion protocol. Here we go again. At least it didn't get as scary and ugly as it did for Tua. So nothing crazy like that, but still. Probably was brought back too early, as he was in concussion protocol last week in Buffalo. And then the guy who played pretty well last week didn't play nearly as well this week, unfortunately. Of course, that guy's name Blake Brandel. Yep, yeah, last week he looked pretty good. He looked pretty good against Buffalo. Brandel looked pretty good this week. He looked like well, shades of uh, when the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, left tackle years ago. Maybe this is karma if you like to go in that direction. Maybe this is karma for what happened with the Vikings and Cowboys way back in 2010, the wild card round. I still remember Jim Towers seething in anger. Oh, how cocky Jared Allen was when the uh, Dallas left tackle went out with a, a leg injury early in that game. And then Jared Allen teed off on uh, Tony Romo, who was annoying today. I'm sure a lot of people weren't a big fan of him. I'm sure, yeah, we all know who he, we all know who he's loyal to. Flozell Adams was the name of that uh, left tackle. My gosh, he was a veteran already. I didn't realize how old he was. 47 already. Jeez. Yeah, and a lot of guys are old now. Like, Dylan Richardson, I believe, is the same age. We're getting old, aren't we, Dylan? I'm 43 already. All of us guys born in the 70s, you know, peace, brother. No, I'm thinking we're not that old. Those are, like, adults, uh, young adults in the 70s, all that, the 60s and 70s, that peace thing. Ugh, I'm so sick of Carrie Underwood. And she's good compared to others, I guess. Ugh, I don't like any of these modern, whatever they call themselves. Ugh, go away. Yeah, obviously this is a later recording because of, uh, yeah, I mean, Sunday Night Football is just getting started. So, yeah, this is not segment two. This is segment one with Sunday Night Football. Yeah, anyhow, I don't know. It was similar. And similar to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs situation when, Mike Remmers had to go in. Poor guy. He was actually considered a pretty good right tackle once upon a time. Then the Mike Zimmer led Vikings in 2018. Or was it? Yeah, it was around that time. Yeah, Mike Remmers moved him to right guard because of injuries and because of need and desperation because we had no freaking guards. We moved Mike Remmers to guard. All of a sudden, he just could not play anymore. It was the weirdest thing. And the next thing you know, he has to fill in the Super Bowl, of all things, for the Kansas City Chiefs. At left tackle because their starting major star left tackle was hurt late uh, in the AFC title game against the Buffalo Bills. And then, uh, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, guys like Ndamukong Sue and others teed off on Patrick Mahomes. Even Patrick Mahomes is mortal when he has a mediocre to, to below average left tackle protecting his blind side. It's just, it's uncanny how important a good left tackle is to the success of a team. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs got obliterated in that game. Paul kept saying, the game's already over, Joey. Like, it's over. The game is over, Joey. But I was always paranoid because I saw, how oh, Kansas City came back on Buffalo and all that. And um, you know, Kansas City was always coming back on people and tearing everyone apart. And it's like, I don't want to see the Chiefs anymore. I'm sick of them. Um, sick of the Kansas City Chiefs and this and that. And he, he was always, I was always afraid that they were going to come back and beat the Bucks. But it's like no, the game was over. There was no left tackle, and and even though it's a, it's a guy who is capable of being a at one point not that long ago was capable of being a starting right tackle in the NFL, just was completely ruined because once moving him to guard, it just messed up all of his techniques, and Mike Remmers was never the same. Ended up getting cut by the Vikings, and you know and this and that. You feel sorry for guys like that, but it's also again uncanny how important a all-pro left tackle is, how important a decent left tackle is in the National Football League. Regardless if it's Patrick Mahomes, Tyler, Taylor Heineke, Jared Goff, Christian Ponder, if you don't have a good left tackle, you're dead. You are dead. And it, it, it's just, you know, because obviously, again, Patrick Mahomes is, is kind of important when it comes to the, the NFL. And we, and we saw what happened. We saw what happened to Tony Romo. The Vikings won that game 30-3. to Sounds familiar. It's just 10 points less than uh, what the Cowboys did to the Vikings today. So it's just crazy. And it's like, when you have, it, that's the other thing. <laughs> Back in the day, it seemed like not that long ago, like Dennis Green and all that. <laughs> you had guys like Chris Lewinsky. You had, um, why am I forgetting the guy's name now? Lin- uh, was it Lindsey Everett? Lindsey Everett? Or was it Everett Lindsey? Now I'm blanking. I believe it was Everett Lindsay. Everett Lindsay was a really nice um and then there was a Marvin Harrison as well. No, he was a defensive end, pardon me. Uh Everett Lindsay, I believe was the name. Everett Lindsay was um a really nice player who could play I mean, he was a really nice offensive lineman who could play every position, basically, and was pretty good at it. But he uh, but he was like a reserve, he was a backup who could play every position when, when needed. This and that. Nowadays it's like Oh, the left tackle's out. We're dead. It's over. It's just boom, boof, it's And like, it's like a firing squad for the quarterback the whole day. It's unreal. Like, you're dead. Dead once your starter goes out. And it's crazy. It's crazy and it's sad, and that's kind of what happened. That's obviously not the only reason the Vikings lost the game, but that just kind of added uh, insult to injury and added injury to insult uh, as well. And Ezra Cleveland was still in there and got hurt like late in the game supposedly but ho- hopefully it's just a quick little thing like okay yeah let's not bleep with this we've got a lot of games to play we're eight and two the 92 vikings wish they were eight and two a lot of uh, bounces of the ball didn't go the vikings way despite warren moon breaking his shoulder obviously he was hit very hard by i can't remember if, if it was todd scott or whoever it was one of the one of the good safeties back in that uh season the 92 season where the Vikings were so close to being eight and two and that wound up going seven and three. And then the same thing happened in 94. So eight and two is a beautiful, beautiful record, but just imagine if the Vikings were nine and one. And of course the freaking Beagles, the Philadelphia Beagles won today. And now they are nine and one. So, uh, I was hoping for the Colts to pull it off, but they didn't. We'll come back to that in the second segment, but, um, it's a tough, tough, tough situation right now. Uh, going forward, and we're probably not going to have Christian Derosaw, and when you saw what the Patriots' defense did to the New York Jets today, the Vikings' chances of winning that game, well, I mean, are a little less at the moment. They're a little less. I'm sorry. They are. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, stunk. He stunk. He was dropping passes that he normally catch, and of course, some of the plays were not the best. Some of the throws were not the best. Of course, Kirk Cousins off balance, this and that, uh, you know. Firing squad coming at him, this and that, or should we say a bull rush is coming at him is more of an appropriate uh, terminology coming about that. When you talk about defensive ends flying at you and all that and safeties and God knows what else. Safeties and corner blitzes. Whoever wanted a blitz was able to do so to uh, Kirk Cousins' blind side, and it was an ugly day. Um, Justin Jefferson couldn't get open like he could the week before. He was stopped often, early and often by... Uh, Frickin' Diggs, the other Diggs. Yeah, I just... ugh. It's extremely frustrating to imagine, but that's pretty much how things went. And this one was Trevon, of course. He had that pass deflection early on when it looked like there might have been something there. Actually, it wasn't a pass deflection. It was just... Maybe the ball was slightly overthrown, but it was more or less Trevon Diggs jammed the route. That's more or less what happened. Because Justin Jefferson could have got to that had he not been defended uh, so well. Revon obviously this Dallas defense, I let's just say I underestimated them just a little bit. And I apologize. I I'm coming up here on Purple Mafia and telling you that this uh Minnesota Vikings uh that this Dallas Cowboys defense was underrated. Oh my god, I have the wrong microphone. Hold on. Yep, I did it again. Well, the sound quality is a little better, I'm sure. I mean it's it's not the worst thing ever, but I'm sure it wasn't the most pleasant thing. Probably a very echoey when it's just the uh, the laptop microphone. yeah, The te- technology's improved a little bit and everything on laptops and microphones and all that, but, you know, it's still, you know, it's kind of far away. It's like on, right on the, the deck and everything, so it's probably not going to sound that great. So my apologies right there for that. <laughs> Too excited to get on the show. Not excited in a happy way. Just want to get on with it and uh, have a lot to say. At least I think I do. I wish I had more good things to say. But, again, this felt just one of those obnoxious football games where just nothing, nothing fell right. Uh, Like T.J. Hawkinson, why isn't he catching some of these passes? And why aren't the passes being completed? And Justin Jefferson couldn't get the frick open. Adam Thielen made a couple of nice third-down conversions. Thank you. K.J. Osborne, as well, made one. Jalen Naylor actually made a 15-yard reception today. Good for him, along with Jalen Rieger. Rieger, Rieger. Both won won 14 yards, won 15 yards. Good for them. Johnny M. is back with an 8-yard catch. Alexander Madison, who cares? Why am I even going on about this? Um, Brian Egger finally punted once very late in the game, and he punted one more time, wound up with 50-plus-yard punts as well, and both of them were in the 20, so that figures. Uh, Ryan Wright, zero punts, or zero touchbacks, and four of them were in the 20 on seven punts. So good game and everything, Ryan. It's just that it was such a uh, such a nasty overall day. It really almost doesn't matter, does it? And again, it's I'm not trying to be super negative, And I was actually called like the worst fan today and all that because I was ranting and going crazy on Twitter and on Facebook as well. But Twitter's kind of where that came from. Um, it is what it is. I'm, you know, I'm sorry if I annoyed or offended anybody. Uh, this guy was in Canada. Hopefully, uh, he's, he's hopefully he's a listener and he's still listening right now and all that. Obviously, nothing personal. Nothing personal against you or the team. It just wasn't. This wasn't something that I had positive words to say about. Losing by 37 really sucks. And the way things were going is, was enough to make you want to smash the TV screen. I mean, it's like, how could we be this bad after beating Buffalo? How? And against this obnoxious, cocky-ass Dallas team that I can't stand. I can't stand this team. And I'm not the only person. I couldn't stand the Cowboys 30 years ago when they were winning the Super Bowl. Obviously a completely different group of players. But it's like the same mentality, the same arrogance, and all that. I I can't stand them. And I'm sorry. There isn't a player on the Cowboys that I like, per se. (laughs) And take the uniform off, sign up with us or somebody similar. So somebody like Cincinnati or something, and maybe, uh, maybe I'll be okay. Don't go to the Chiefs or anything either. They're actually flashing on the screen against division rival LA Chargers. I swear, this game was on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, it was like the opposite matchup, though, where yeah, one, yeah, obviously it was in uh, Kansas City last time around, wasn't it? I swear these two, this matchup was on not that long ago. In fact, I'm 90% sure. I know the Chargers have been on multiple times, and of course the Chiefs have as well. (sighs) Well, the Vikings lost by 37. Aren't you you happy? You know, I mean, it's just, hey, we're going to learn from this loss, just flush it out, and everything's going to be fine. Well, this this is kind of scary. I mean, the fact that you could lose by thirty seven at home, is kind of scary. It it leaves you like, okay, uh huh. Well, I mean, really, we could lose by thirty seven points at home when we were, we were that good. And it is ironic how they were talking about we were the lowest team with uh, we were the team with the lowest margin of you know like the point differential for uh, of basically since the nineteen uh, with the eight eight and one team. Since the 1976 Raiders, well, they beat the Vikings in a blowout in the Super Bowl. So that's cute and everything. I think we were just uh, plus 11. It's all because that Eagles game was so bad. And almost all the rest of our games were like nail biters, right? The whole season, every game was a nail biter, even against Detroit and against Buffalo as well. And then, yeah, you get blown to bits by Philadelphia, and you get blown to bits by Dallas, both NFC East teams. Interesting. Interesting. Well, we barely beat Washington. See, that's not going to help your point differential a whole lot. And we got the New York Giants coming up not too far from now. We'll see how that turns out. The Giants look beatable, but so did Dallas. Dallas looked pretty beatable too last week, didn't they? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see, won't we? <laughs> Washington. Uh, the Washington Commanders are 6-5 and five now there's a reason why they were tough to beat, because they're good. They're kind of good. They actually look like there's a little something going on there, and good on Ron Rivera. Um, mm, I don't know. Uh, Ryan Wright punted well today, too, didn't he? (laughs) Yeah, I'm just going back to that well again, because it's well fun to talk about, I guess. Delvin Cook was moving very, very nicely today. Looked younger, looked really good, looked spry, looked healthy, and, of course, when you're down by single digit by by a touchdown, two touchdowns, three touchdowns, whatever. Okay, I guess we can't run the ball a whole lot anymore. He was pretty damn outstanding, though. I mean, he was getting five, six, seven yards to carry all the time, wound up with 6.5 and 72 yards. He would have had a dominant day today if this game was a bit closer, and it's a damn shame. I bet Delvin Cook could have had 150 yards and a couple touchdowns today. But just nothing was freaking working otherwise. Kirk Cousins couldn't get rid of the ball fast enough, and again, we were behind by so much that it didn't matter. It almost didn't matter anymore. Like, the game was pretty much over, I don't know, really early in the third quarter, I guess. It pretty much was. I, I know you don't give up and this and that. You don't, just never give up. you got to hang on and scope for the best. And and that's cute and everything and rah rah re, but it just wasn't meant to be, was it? J-Ron Kirsch is still playing, isn't he? How old is J-Ron Kirsch? Unless I'm getting a mixed up with someone else. Nope, he's not that old. I'm thinking of Javon Kearse. He's ancient, like drafted in 99. Yeah, J. Ron Kirsch is a good player. He's been around for a bit, and he was picked by the Vikings, wasn't he? Yeah, I remember him now. J. Ron Kirsch, of course. Seventh round pick by the Vikings. He's been on Dallas the last couple of years, and has actually been pretty good since uh, been uh, since going to Dallas. Last year was really a strong year for him. And this year, so far, decent. It is Detroit for a season. Of course J Ron Kurse. I remember hearing PA say it all the time. Paul Allen. J-Ron curse. Oh he didn't play that much, but he played enough. He was a very good seventh round pick in twenty sixteen. Um <laughs> no stacks for the Vikings today. Again, the Cowboys, whenever they needed to get a first down, they got it. They got every first down rather running it up the cut. Uh, those those cute little uh cute little kind of reverse type plays. And running to the right, running to the left, making those 15-yard pass completions to, to Gallup or whoever, Gallup and CeeDee Lamb and such, and it just kept happening and happening and happening and happening. And Tony Pollard also had a 68-yard reception in the game. <sighs> Kirk Cousins didn't uh, throw an interception, but he did have the fumble loss. It was really irritating real early, and it, I don't know. Part Micah Parsons, it felt like he was kind of rubbing it in our face, and I don't know multiple callways were. And of course, you had the skull chant, you know, like, trolling us, which is cute and everything. Thank you very much. Keep trolling us. Keep rubbing it in our face. We'll see what happens in a wild card game, should that happen, or a divisional round game in the U.S. Bank Stadium. We'll see how you hold up then. Hopefully, things are going quite the opposite direction. And uh, that skull channel bites you somewhere. Hopefully. Hopefully, that ends up happening. But who knows? A, A game like today is frightening. It's scary. It doesn't make you feel good going forward. Yes, this should be a playoff team. Obviously, a very strong playoff team with home field advantage in the first, second, third round, whatever the heck the situation is. Um, But, I mean, still, this shows that uh, this team can be beat pretty badly if you have the right formula and the Vikings just, like, for whatever reason, are off, are are knocked off, killed right out of the gate, which we were against the Philadelphia Eagles. So, kind of scary, kind of frightening. I don't know. I mean, Dak Prescott's good, but he ain't that good. We made him look better than he was, obviously. And we made a, 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 a decent running game look like an elite running game in the in the game, uh, ultimately. At the end of the day. Uh, Pollard, it wasn't a bomb. It was like he was just not protected. It was just wasn't tackled. Terrible tackling. I don't know why I said it was a bomb. I don't know what I'm talking about. But it was a bomb against the Vikings off uh, defense, no doubt about it just insanely poor tackling in the game today and I don't know Tony Pollard definitely is uh probably the Emmett Smith award winner for the Dallas Cowboys though you could have several uh, it could be Pollard. it could be uh, it could easily be Pollard again Jaron Kirst with the safety blitz Jeez, you believe that crap uh Trevon Diggs was a pain in the butt to deal with Micah Parsons was a huge huge Emmett Smith award uh, candidate as well for the Dallas Cowboys the uh, Jason Gard Memorial, they don't have one this week. Last week, it was probably like a lot of players because they got beat by a mediocre Packer team. This week, I'm not so sure where I'm going to go with a positive or negative awards mm-hmm. for this uh, this particular game. It just, you know, it just shows. You miss one lineman, you're pretty much screwed, especially if it's Christian That was super valuable and it's the most important position there is. Uh, Patrick Jones, I think, was a major positive today. I think Phillips, Harrison Phillips, was a major, major positive today. Those two guys made a terrible defense, terrible defensive showing anyway. Uh, mediocre to sometimes above average defense. Looked decent at times. Um, or, but I mean, they they had a great uh, they had great games individually. Andrew Underwood Jr. was thrown to uh, nine times in the game. They were all caught. Andrew Booth stunk really bad. Like, There's a reason why Andrew Booth had nine tackles today. Andrew Booth Jr. It's not because he was good. It's because, yeah, it's because he was beat and was beat and was beat and was beat. beat. The guy has to catch the ball for you to make a tackle. So obviously that's something most experienced football fans know. When a cornerback has a trillion tackles, it's not because, wow, he was really blowing it up today. Yeah, he was blowing it up all right in a stinky way. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) one of the incomplete plays... That Andrew Booth, uh, quote unquote, defended the ball hit the ground anyway. The ball hit the ground before it got into the Cowboys' receivers' uh, vicinity. And it hit the ground anyway, so it was just an underthrown play for whatever reason. Because because Dak Prescott isn't perfect. He he had three incompletions today, and that was one of them. Huh? What do you think of that? One pass deflection, Chris Tonga. Thank you very much. That was one of the other incomplete passes. So I now know. I now remember two of the incomplete passes in the game. Do you realize that and I believe there was one in the end zone very early. Yeah, there was one in the end zone very early on that uh ended up having the Cowboys kick a field goal. That was one of the only times the Vikings actually kind of made a semi stop sort of. And that's because they were the Vikings defense was put in a very uh unfavorable position with the strip sack on the third play of the game. Wonderful on the third down for the Minnesota Vikings and all that. Kirk Cousins strip-sacked, and then the rest of the game ended up being pretty ugly. Nick Mullins completed five of uh, seven attempts. Good job for 54 yards. All right, Nicky. Nick Mullins ended up playing a bit. Not because of Kirk's injury, but because uh, get him the hell out of there. We don't want something crazy to happen. We we really don't. I don't think Nick Mullins is the next Nick Foles, but maybe he is. I don't know. Yeah, right. Um, Cooper Rush might be the next Nick Foles, though. Just, just just, you watch. If something ever happened to Dak Prescott again and the Cowboys go in the playoffs, just you watch. <laughs> Cooper Rush is dangerous. Or at least we made him look that way, but so did other teams. The Well, there's going to have to be a Fran Targerton Award winner, and it's going to be shared by Brian Osamoa. No, it's going to be Patrick Jones and uh, Harrison Harrison Phillips. Not Smith, Harrison Phillips. I want those two guys to bring it in today. I think they, you know, well done. Good efforts. I know it's a terrible game. You probably are like, just take your award back. I don't care. No, you you deserve recognition because you played pretty well, in my opinion. Patrick Jones and, and uh, Harrison Phillips played pretty well in a situation that was just an ugly, 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 ugly day. The Christian Pond Memorial is almost everybody else. Uh, you got no pass rush from uh, Zadarius Smith. You got one assisted tackle in the game. Daniel Hunter actually did a pretty good job. Uh, He was getting involved, uh, kind of stopping running backs who'd already gained yards, so he didn't get tackles for loss necessarily. I think he did have one in the game, Um, but at least there was something. He played well, to be fair. Daniel Hunter, he's not one of the reasons the Vikings lost. Um, The coaching wasn't there. A play action early on when the, the Vikings were behind by a million points, it's like, of course, you're not going to hand off in that situation. But again, some of the some of the play calling as well, on like second and 10 and you're handing off, I didn't understand some of that crap. And some of those weird sideline plays that don't make a whole lot of sense either on like second and third down, kind of look like Mike Zimmer a little bit, like the Mike Zimmer coached team where it was a very restricted offense. Mike Zimmer and uh, Clint Kubiak. So... That's what it felt like. It looked like last year's the Vikings offense a bit at times, the play calling at times. Like, we're playing a little bit scared today. And that's that's death. That's a death nail for this team. I mean, what did Eric Hendricks talk about anyway? Playing with fear, basically, is what the Vikings did. What, fear-based coaching style, whatever, or fear-based uh, approach, whatever. And we kind of came out with a fear-based approach in today's game, it felt like. Especially after the uh, the strip sack. It's like, oh, we screwed that up, so we got to change things a little bit. And, well, it certainly didn't help that Christian Daris, uh went back into concussion protocol as well. So the Christian Brown Memorial kind of goes all over the place. It's Kirk Cousins. It's definitely not Delvin Cook. He was the best player on offense, bar none, the best player on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Ryan Wright punted very well today. He's another honorable mention for the... Uh, Memorial, or for the uh, excuse me for the uh, Target Ten Award, he's an honorable mention. We'll give it to those two defensive uh, tackles though, Phillips and Jones, Patrick Jones, the uh, second. The urban legend is how does this keep happening when the Vikings have the a, a dramatic, beautiful win against teams like the Saints, you know, and the Minneapolis Miracle, and then the incredible Buffalo Miracle, or whatever you want to call it, that beautiful, beautiful day last week, and you follow it up with getting the with getting your head handed to you. It doesn't make any sense. Like, how do you follow it up that bad? Is it that much of an emotional high that you got to come down that far? That shows that you're a little on the fragile side. In fact, maybe really, really, really on the fragile side. And that's bull crap. You're never going to win a championship with that kind of mentality. Time to toughen up and toughen up in a quick hurry. Because if you don't, we're going to lose in the wild card round. And everyone's going to be pissed off and disappointed and be like, well, same old Vikings, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and if you say it, well, guess what? It is the same old Vikings if you lose in the freaking wild card round when you were eight and one, eight and two, and blah, blah, blah. That is insanely disappointing. An eight and one or eight and two team has no business losing in the first round, uh, in, in like, a, you know, like hosting a wild card or whatever the heck the situation is. Um, Come on. It just cannot happen. With that said, we'll take a quick break and we'll look around the league. Kansas City trailing 7 to 3, but will be but is driving down the field a bit. Big big shocker, right? And we are back here on segment number two. It's basically about on time for segment two, I suppose. Maybe a couple seconds later, I, su- I guess. I could say suppose about 50 times. Hopefully this show shows up on uh, Apple Podcasts. That would be great. I'm kind of worried about that being an issue. I hope it does. Because uh, Timberwolves Explosion didn't. I hope there isn't an ongoing problem here. But let's hear from DraftKings. You will be hearing that for sure. Hopefully this is a yeah. this should still be the active... the active one. NFL Sundays are only getting better. Yeah, (laughs) well, they certainly were last week, but I'm just joking. NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets, like which team will win, player props, and point totals. Yep, so, well, unfortunately, I wouldn't be winning anything today because a lot of us were uh, probably betting on the Vikings with the underdog at home. Like, oh, Vikings are going to win. That's an easy win. No, or at least cover the point spread. No. But uh, so that's a bad experience, but uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> that was my experience today, unfortunately. But uh, that's life, right? Those of you that pick the Cowboys, well, enjoy it. You, you, you won, right? With playouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL. And absolutely, that is the, yep, that is the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. That's the Hockey Podcast Network. Yeah, but THPN. And place a $5 pre-game money line bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details, and of course those will be there. The Hockey Podcast Network is the flagship for this whole thing. That's why it's the Hockey Podcast Network. So, that's the Hockey Podcast Network, the Basketball Podcast Network, and the Pigskin Podcast Network. Luckily, I'm fortunate enough to have a show on all three of the, uh, yeah, all three of those networks, but the Hockey Podcast Network is the flagship. That's where Brave the Wild is, and of course, Timberwolves Explosions on the Basketball Line. For some reason, that show has not been showing up on Apple, at least the most recent episode, and I have no idea what's happening, Pray to God that's not happening as well with Pro Mafia. And if it is and you're listening on a different app right now, like, say, Google Podcasts or Spotify, I deeply apologize. And of course, those are the two I would recommend uh, otherwise. Or, or, or Odyssey. Odyssey is a nice one as well. Not with an O, but an A. A U Odyssey. Okay. Anyhow, let's look across the National Football League. And I also want to shout out to the Football Database for providing. The results for the Vikings and the New England Patriots. It's an ugly history, unfortunately, this time. It's this an ugly one. Ugly. And the Vikings history with Dallas recently has been pretty ugly and that continued today. It really did. It really did. Tennessee beat the Green Bay Packers. Packers, well, they're so far behind. And no, oh, what's you know, it doesn't matter anymore. Nah nah na 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 boo boo boo. Pretty much the Vikings won. Yes, uh, the Vikings won the division. I would be shocked beyond human recognition if the Vikings Lost seven games this season. And if we do, whatever, (laughs) whatever. Massive disappointment. What the hell happened? Everybody's in question at that point. What the hell? Like, how can you go from that high to that low? I have no idea. This was the Thursday night game, and we'll come back to that later because I'm an idiot. That's supposed to be one of the late ones. Last week's opponent, Buffalo, defeated the Cleveland Browns in Detroit in Ford Field because the uh, stadium where Buffalo would be playing in it snowed out beyond human recognition, since I could say that again. Because of the lake effect, uh, Buffalo is right off of uh I believe that's Lake Erie, right? Not Lake Ontario, but Lake Erie. Yeah, it's gotta be. Erie's the farthest east. Maybe I'm an idiot, but uh yeah, it's I it's crazy. Like there's the there's the clouds and then it's just like the lake and the cloud just kind of it's like they grab onto each other. It's insane. It's crazy. It's like a spider web almost and then the snow comes down like you wouldn't believe. And I remember even seeing weird stuff like that happening here. But it was just snow showers. It was a very cold spring day. And the lakes were kind of warm because it had been warm, obviously, because it had been, you know, a little warmer the previous days. So the lakes were slightly warmer. And the conditions outside were that of, like, it, it could snow. And every time clouds went over, it was the darndest thing. Like, because there were large clouds floating around with, you know, they call them fall streaks where things, you know, it's like, that's, precipitation coming down. It's called a fall streak. And every time I would go at or near a lake, it, it, the snow would come down like silver dollar pancakes. Like huge pieces of snow. Silver dollar snowflakes coming down. Like you wouldn't believe And it. It's like, okay. And then it would stop again because it was kind of partly cloudy. Yeah. So that's kind of a hint of what the lake effect can be like, I suppose. It's kind of weird and it's crazy. Especially when you're talking about feet of snow. You usually talk about inches, but not, not feet. Jacoby Brissett played awesome today in what could be, I believe, I believe, yes, that's 10 games. That's his last uh, game of starting quarterback for the Browns for now. Maybe that's his statement, like, hey, don't forget about me. Don't you forget about me. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, you get the idea. Yes, don't you forget about me, because now that guy's going to come back, that other guy that, uh, It's been in trouble and all that. He'll be the Cleveland uh, Browns quarterback against the Houston Texans, his former club. That guy, we'll just leave that alone. He threw three touchdown passes. Did Jacoby Brissett, 300 yards, no turnovers. Josh Allen, kind of mediocre, at least in the passing game, and only ran for seven yards as well. But the Buffalo Bills win in Ford Field. They stand up, Ford Field. (laughs) Hey, somebody won in Ford Field, and the Lions won today, too. Ooh, Stefan Diggs with a touchdown and only four catches and 48 yards. Naheem Hines returning the ball really nicely. Boy, uh, I remember talking about, oh, I always wanted Naheem Hines of the Vikings back in that draft. I was in love with him out of North Carolina. The Vikings did get a North Carolina running back who could also be helpful in that category, but we haven't really given him a whole lot of chance yet. I believe that's Naylor, and uh, we'll see more and more as things progress with him uh, as a rookie and such. But uh, Naheem Hines looking like a nice returner for the Buffalo Bills. I remember always imagining him that as that. And it seemed like he never really got a crack at it with the Colts or the, uh, I believe, the Atlanta Falcons for a minute. But now with the Buffalo Bills, he's become a really nice returner. He was a wonderful returner in college. Why am I talking about Naheem Hines with the Bills? But he's doing a good job, though. Because I like him, dang it. Uh, Buffalo wins, though. Uh, Buffalo wins in a kind of a close game because Brissette played great. Thirty-one to twenty-three, and understandably, why he'd have some motivation, uh, like, hey, don't don't you forget about me, you know. So let's move on. Philadelphia, yeah, they beat the freaking Colts by one point. Indianapolis was up seven nothing, and then the game was kind of closed and a bit of a back and forth, and then it was thirteen to three. Come on, hang in there. Come on, Indy, you can do this, please. And then it's th- ten to uh, thirteen to ten, then it's sixteen to ten. Come on, Indianapolis, hang on, hang on, hang on, and then freaking... Jalen Hurst rushes up the middle into the end zone. Uh, and of course, Jake Elliott made the extra point. Big shocker. And then uh, the Colts couldn't muster anything with a minute and a half remaining. Damn, it's at least not enough to get to field goal range and beat the, the uh, Eagles. And the Eagles are 9-1. and 9-1 and one and still having fun. I don't know. Could, could the Vikings beat this team, particularly on the road? Could they beat the Eagles on the road? I'm, I'm not confident. I'm, I'm not confident right now. I, I wouldn't even be confident if we were, you know, 15 and 2 or whatever. I, I just don't know. I, I would love to. I would love to beat the Eagles and I'd love to be confident about it. Dominican Stu has wound up with the Eagles. That figures. Absolutely figures. Linvald Joseph is on the Eagles. Jeez. Jeez. Marcus Epps is on the, the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Marcus Epps is on the Eagles too. <laughs> Remember him? The safety that I liked quite a bit. Kind of reminded me of Harrison Smith a little bit. Maybe like a, a light version of him. Yeah, yeah. Remember? <laughs> yeah, Dominic and on the Eagles, too. It's wonderful, isn't it? Just wonderful. Well, yeah. Leon Bede who was on the Colt. That's cool. I remember that. But the Eagles won by a point, and they're 9-1. and one And good. Uh, I don't know. And we lost. And we lost. Next week's opponent, that's much later. New Orleans beat the Rams. The Los Angeles Rams now have seven losses, just like the uh, the Packers, so that's kind of it. New Orleans, four and seven, they stink as well, but at least they won today their fourth game of the season. Congratulations to Mr. Allen, the coach. Somebody named Bryce Perkins completed half of his passes. Matthew Stafford was okay in the game. fact, He was well above average, but they still lost to the uh, Rams. Andy Dalton was really, 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 really good. Almost perfect in the game. Almost perfect. Had only four incompletions and had three touchdown passes, great quarterback rating, and the Saints defeat the Los Angeles Rams. Carl Grander, uh, Granderson sounds like a baseball player, but no, the sack and a half. Caden Ellis with a sack and a half. Congratulations to the Saints getting another win. Leonard Floyd with a couple of sacks for the Rams, but the Rams are now three and seven, and they ain't going back to back. Let me tell you, it's over. Carolina's little winning streak is over. Baltimore Ravens get the job done. They're seven and three and leading that weird NFC North division. It's a weird division. Thirteen to three victory for the Baltimore Ravens. The Carolina Hurricanes, no, Carolina Panthers now have eight losses on the season. Baker Mayfield with another couple of turnovers and not a whole lot else. Lamar Jackson turned the ball over, but he was a threat nonetheless with the ball, completing passes and ran the ball in the end zone once. Demarcus Robinson with a 128 yards, but no touchdown passes were thrown for the Colts. Uh oh, the Colts, the Baltimore Ravens. There was a defensive battle back and forth. Um, and that's kind of all there is to say. Justin Tucker made everything he needed to. Multiple sacks by both teams. Good for them. And will continue to move forward after this game. Baltimore wins in an ugly, mediocre game in Baltimore. Colder weather, this and that. Washington had a very weak opponent, but uh, yeah, but in the Houston uh, Texans, both Houston Texans and Houston Rockets might have the number one pick, or at least they'll be involved with the top three of each draft in the NBA and NH, uh, NFL. Pardon me, but uh, whatever. Washington, whatever. At least you got the win, right? Six and five record, still fourth place in the NFC East, because it's so damn tough. Twenty-three to ten, easy victory over a crappy. Uh, watching uh, over a crappy. Houston team. Taylor Heineke didn't even throw a touchdown and he wasn't all that sharp, but he didn't have interceptions either. Ugly game. David's meals was awful. couple of interceptions again. That Washington defense is a headache to deal with and don't we know. couple of sacks for Montez Sweat. couple of sacks for Jonathan Allen. Mm-hmm. Good game for those two guys. Houston couldn't generate a whole lot of anything and off they go to garbage land where they belong, I guess. Las Vegas Raiders won an overtime game <clears throat> against a crappy Denver team. Both of those teams are riding the pine in the AFC West. You got the two top teams flashing on the camera right now, on the screen anyway. 3-7 and seven for Denver and Las Vegas, but this win by the Raiders puts Denver in last place. Congratulations, Denver Broncos, on your great investment in winding up in last place. Derek Carr, with one of his better games of the year, 300 yards on a couple of TDs. Latavius Murray, solid game for Denver getting in the end zone. He's one of the only positives right now for the Denver Broncos, other than their defense can be a pain at times. Neither one of these teams is anything special, though. <clears throat> Nothing to write home about, that's for sure. Let's just keep going. Yay, the Raiders aren't in last place anymore. Woo, frickin' who? Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is in last place in that AFC North. Cincinnati 6-4, and four, still hanging on to a possibility of getting back to the Super Bowl. Obviously, the odds of that are probably against them with teams like the Chiefs, but hey, they knocked the Chiefs off last year, so maybe they can do it again. I hope so, because I don't like the Chiefs, if you hadn't noticed. And I am a pretty big fan of Cincinnati. It was nice to see them finally win a freaking game in the playoffs and and all that. A couple of INTs by Joe Burrow, but four touchdown passes as well. He's actually been really strong the past several weeks. T. Higgins, Another one of those elite stars from Louisiana. Uh, well, LS2 in the, LSU anyway, with 148 yards in the air, but wasn't one of the receptions of the touchdown. <laughs> Samjay Parin with three, three touchdown receptions and only 52 yards. Pretty crazy. Evan McPherson made all of his kicks. No surprise. I always bring him up because he's damn good. Trey Hendrickson, a couple of sacks for Cincy. Good for them, and they beat a Pittsburgh team 37 to 30. Not sure what that's all about. Why did Pittsburgh hang in there so well? Uh, Kenny Pickett was okay; he was nothing great, but Najee Harris is one of those fantasy players that everybody wants. Couple of TDs and 90 yards. Very, very valuable guy. 26 yards in the air as well. Love what he can do, and especially if you're a Steelers fan, which I'm not. The Kansas City Chiefs are trailing seven to six at the moment. Good for them. Let's talk about the Green Bay Packers and Tennessee Titans. Tennessee is a first place team. They're a first place team, and Green Bay's a third place team. Green Bay's in third place. What's going on here? Is 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 Detroit in second place? Detroit. We'll come back to that in a moment because they've won three games in a row. By the way, Ryan Tannehill obviously, again, what he is. Very solid quarterback. Did throw an interception, but still kept his quarterback rating way up in elite levels. Derrick Henry attempted two passes in the game and, and completed both of them. One of them for a touchdown. That's pretty crazy. Uh, and then Derrick Henry, again, like a lot of us are just blown away with the fact that he's slowing down already. It seems like yesterday he was just this hot, young, young guy, you know, who was better than Delvin Cook even, or maybe on the same level as Delvin Cook. Now he's already slowing down. A nine-yard long, but did get in the end zone once. And the Tennessee Titans beat the Packers pretty soundly. Aaron Rodgers doesn't look like the same guy. Uh, Aaron Jones, only 12 rushes because the Packers are playing from behind, but Randall Cobb turning the clock backwards. woohoo! right? I'm sure Aaron Rodgers loves that. 73 yards on six catches and made all of the catches thrown his way. Randall Cobb's good and everything, but yeah. If Randall Cobb is your identity... I don't know, you're screwed. If he's the best receiver you got, you're screwed. And uh, that's one of the reasons why Green Bay just isn't all that special this year. Another situation where they made a mammoth, mammoth investment in a guy who's getting a little older. In fact, well, Rodgers is getting uh, uh, really older. Russell's younger than that guy. But um, it's not working out at all. It's too bad. Absolutely a shame. Detroit and the New York Giants, a team we're going to be playing fairly soon, the Detroit Lions only have six losses on the season, not seven. So they're in second place in the NFC North. Who would have thought the Detroit Lions we still have to play one more time or could be a threat to win the division? Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, they're not. But, I mean, what if they were? Wouldn't that be crazy and stupid? It'd be funny. <laughs> yup, congratulations, Detroit, though. I mean, hey, I mean, Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell's been, cutting the, been cracking those kneecaps. He cracked them today with the New York Giants. Pretty good win, and this was in... MetLife Stadium. They did not get snowed out or anything crazy like that, though. I mean, some some wild stuff has happened there. Not usually as much in New York City as, like, say, Boston, or obviously, like, Buffalo, New York. Daniel Jones, a couple of INTs that Detroit defense did a good job. Jared Goff, just kind of game manager mode today. No touchdowns, no INTs. Just kind of average 165-yard passing. Nothing special at all. Not a very entertaining game, really. Just Detroit ended up winning it. I shouldn't say not an entertaining game. Detroit scored 31 points. So, yes, entertaining, but in a different sense. Uh, Jamal Williams ran the ball in three times. So, it's entertaining enough. So, Detroit kind of using multiple weapons to get the job done. Kind of a total team effort. Um, Detroit scoring 31 points is pretty impressive. So, got to give them credit where it's due. Detroit's got four wins. And they're kind of, sort of, possibly in the hunt, aren't they? Are they sort of in the hunt? Well, they're not showing up as that. Yeah, because Washington is just under San Francisco. That's more, that's interesting enough that Washington is in the hunt for the wild card. Yeah, Detroit's got to got just stay hot to have any chance for that, unfortunately for them. Luckily, we are still the number two seed, the Minnesota Vikings. The number three seed today of the season ended would be the Seattle Seahawks at six and four. Interesting. Dallas is still a wild card because of The fact that they're probably not going to catch philadelphia because i don't know odds are nobody will and that sucks tampa's still a division leader interesting otherwise you got the giant the cowboys the giants of san francisco vikings would play the 49ers in the first round right now which is kind of scary i'm not all i'm not super comfortable with that idea seattle would play the giants and the tampa bay bucks would play the dallas cowboys go tampa go giants i guess i don't know i kind of like seattle too And obviously, scroll Vikings and then watch out for the stupid Eagles in the NFC title game, potentially. But, um, yes, the good news is the Vikings are at least the number two seed. They would have home field advantage at least up until the NFC title game. And if, if, uh, unless Philly falls somehow, some way in their uh, divisional round game, the Vikings would have to go on the road to Philly. And I, I, I'm sorry. Those East Coast, those East Coast games and the playoffs just don't seem to fare well for Minnesota. They just they just don't. Um, <clears throat> we we won in New Orleans many years ago and we won in San Francisco many years ago. Uh, as for that though, Vikings never won another game in San Francisco <laughs> in the playoffs or ver- yeah, versus San Francisco with multiple attempts after that. So I don't know why I'm getting into that. Hopefully the Vikings can finally beat the 49ers at home in a playoff game. It'd be the first time we'd actually play them at home. If uh, things kind of stay as they are, Arizona and San Francisco tomorrow will be Monday night football. Now let's talk about the Pats, who are there's conversation out there. How is it is it true that you know like uh, Belichick made Brady or Brady made Belichick this and that? You know, well 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 look at Belichick. He's he's sub 500 since uh, Brady's been gone. Okay, uh, not anymore. They're six and four now. And when you look at the defense today versus a pretty good Jets team, who we still have to play coming up, I'm not all that comfortable. And uh, the New England Patriots are undefeated versus the Vikings since Bill Belichick's been there. Brady has beaten the Vikings; he's he's undefeated as well throughout his career. Luckily, the Vikings do not have to play Tampa this year, unless maybe in the postseason sometime. And again, Football Database, thank you very much for this uh, information. The Minnesota Vikings and Patriots have only played 14 times, and the Patriots are 9 and 4 versus your Minnesota Vikings. Dating all the way back to, well, dating back to the Bill Belichick and Brady era, 02, 06, 10, 14, and 18, 5 and 0 are the Patriots. Loss, loss, los, loss, los, loss, 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 loss. Okay, so let's continue. 1970, the Boston Patriots beat the Vikings. No, this is backwards. The Vikings beat the Patriots. I apologize. That's me looking at it wrong. I apologize. Uh, December 13, 1970, opening up that new decade, Pease Brother, 35-14, to 14, the Vikings crushed the Boston Patriots, and then they changed their name to New England, and then uh, fortunes changed a bit. Patriots had beat the Vikings, a decent team in 1974, 17-14. The 79 Vikings kind of old, depleted, purple people eaters, and Tarkington's gone, and Kramer's good, but not as good as Tarkington in his prime, 27-23, in the Boston, New England area. And then it would be nine years until these two clubs would play again on September 11th, 1988. September 11th, 13 years prior to the real 9-11. The Vikings would crush the Patriots 36-6. to I don't think there's any other situation where the Vikings beat the Patriots like that. In fact, 99% sure. Yeah. And then you had the 91 overtime loss, which helped cost the Vikings a playoff appearance. It, it, it contributed to it. Back on October twentieth of that year, twenty six twenty three, Vikings lost to the Patriots in overtime in ninety four. I do remember that one very well. A young, talented, very high draft pick, I believe number one overall, Drew Bledsoe. uh you know there were multiple times in this game the Vikings could have buried this stinking Patriots team. The Vikings were up twenty to nothing in this game and ended up losing. What do you think of that? Twenty to nothing. made a field goal late in the second quarter but then the patriots would have a little cute little drive oh it's 23 oh watch out maybe there's a little momentum and the vikings offense with warren moon of course couldn't do a whole lot in the third quarter the patriots would get their touchdown and then as things kept going further and further but the patriots would have uh would, would outscore the vikings uh, but, but, you know, what, what scored 10 points in the fourth quarter. The Vikings couldn't manage nothing. The Vikings never scored again since that Vodafone 33-yard field goal. Couldn't get in the damn end zone, so we had to settle for a field goal there. Codre uh, Ishmael had a 65-yard reception touchdown type of deal, you know, with his speed, never, whatever, the missile, to make it 17-0 at one point. But I remember very well, before things went to OT, the Patriots were driving down that field, and obviously the momentum was completely on their side. Drew Bledsoe threw a pass I still remember vividly to this day. Jack Del Rio was up. He could have had the interception that would have sealed the game. It went right through his hands and right into the uh, New England receiver for a first down and a big, big, huge gain, which helped put the New England Patriots in field goal range. They tied it up. It went to OT, and guess who won? The Patriots. Patriots won. Patriots. Drew Bledsoe, 13-yard pass, touchdown. And this was back in the day when you didn't need to score a touchdown to end a playoff game, but they did it anyway because the Vikings were definitely vulnerable at that stage. Patriots drove down that field after winning the toss and won the football game. Sorry, I had to go down memory lane for that one. It's frustrating and annoying as that game was. A uh, pretty good Vikings team in 97 beat the, uh, well, they were good at the time anyway, beat the Patriots 23 to 18. I believe this is when the Vikings were 8-2, and 7-2. and two. That sounds familiar. Well, 8-2 and two would sound really familiar. 7-2, and two, the Vikings were not this year. 7-1 and one is better. Uh, Eddie Murray was the Vikings kicker. The Vikings ended up taking a sizable lead. The Patriots came rolling back, big time. But the Vikings ended up hanging on, not going to overtime, thankfully, and ended up winning the game. Chris Carter with a touchdown and all that good stuff. Mo Williams ran one in. Mo Williams goes back that far, huh? Wow, he really is an older guy, huh? He goes back to 97. Adam Vinatieri, the legendary kicker, Wow. It's too bad he played a lot of his career with the Colts after the the Super Bowl win. A couple of wins in the Super Bowl. I liked Adam Vinatieri. I really did. I did. In improving a Patriots team in 97, Drew Bledsoe was still the quarterback, of course. They were decent. Um, Well, they had gone to the Super Bowl the year before, so what am I talking about? They were mediocre. The Vikings ended up winning. Um, This was actually Carroll. Yeah, I still remember this game now. Yeah. Pete Carroll was the new coach of the New England Patriots, and the Vikings got the job done in a pretty close battle. Decent Patriots team, but never were going to do anything with Pete Carroll. A little bit too milk toast at the time. 2000 Vikings, a very nice Viking team, and this was early in the Culpepper run. 21-13 to 13 win over the Patriots, and then the Brady era began in 2001. Vikings would play them in 02-24-17 Patriots win. They would not go to the Super Bowl that year. But uh, later on, they would win three Super. Well, they'd win uh, their second and third Super Bowl around that time. 06, that club went to the AFC title game only to lose in heartbreaking fashion to the Colts, who would go on to win the Super Bowl. But they whooped up on the Vikings. Uh, it was going to be a special day for Warren Moon. Uh, I believe he was going into the Ring of Honor, and Brady looked at him and said, "You're gonna, <laughs> I'm going to spoil your day." And Brady made the Vikings look like complete idiots. Attempting 43 passes, completing 29. Four touchdowns. He actually had an interception in the game, if you can believe it. And the Belichick defense, which is absolutely underrated. Three interceptions for Brad Johnson and another interception for Brooks Bollinger. Remember that name? Four INTs for the Vikings in the game, and they made us look like morons in that day. Ooh-wee doggy. Uh, 2010, again, Patriots still knocking on. It was like the new version of the Patriots knocking on the door to go to the Super Bowl, but they didn't go that year can't remember what happened. Patriots were 6-1. and one. Peterson was around and all that by then. The, he did pretty well in the game, but the Patriots would win. Um, this was the crappy Vikings in 2010, if I remember correctly. Yes. Oh, yeah. What am I talking about? Brett Favre got hit on the chin and had a laceration. Uh The Patriots are wearing those old, old, old uniforms from like the kind of had that 80s look. Uh, they changed the uniforms around 94, right? I think that was their first year. Or was that 92? 92. They, they got rid of those red, look at that red look. Um, and they were wearing the retros and the Patriots made us look like idiots. Randy Moss uh, was basically ignored. Uh, never had the ball thrown in his direction in the game. And yeah, it was a bad day. It was another ha- Halloween nightmare. Why did I think the Vikings got shut out in this game? I thought they did. I don't know. I thought they got shut out. But no, it felt like we did. Is, is my memory completely like messed up i swear we got shut out in this game didn't we am i crazy i i, I thought the vikings lost 28 to nothing 28 18 i don't even remember that's weird but yes brad john or excuse me brett farve had a uh, chin laceration basically kind of nasty kind of scary big cut you know gash uh randy moss was never thrown to was completely ignored he had his little rant after the game, and the Vikings, uh, Brad Childress cut him right after that the next morning and said it was not an emotional decision. It was just my decision, and blah, blah, blah. A few weeks later, Brad Childress would be fired, and blah, blah, blah. 2014 Vikings, Mike Zimmer, the new sheriff in town, and everything was off to a slow start at the beginning because it just was. Vikings defense was generally good, but Brady made the Vikings look like morons yet again. And I'm not trying to be rude. He just kicked our butts. And even though he didn't have a great game, but the overall, the Patriots made us look like dummies. Okay, Matt Castle four interceptions. Again, Further proof, you can't just give all the credit to Brady, Brady, Brady. Who do you think really won the 2018 Super Bowl? Was it Brady or was it Belichick's defense and those really nice players in Belichick's defense? I think Belichick deserves more credit for the 2018 Super Bowl than Tom Brady. I do. And I am a massive Tom Brady fan. It's just some of that stupid stuff you hear, that Belichick, oh, he's just a sub-500 coach. No, no, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> Give me a break. 24-10, uh, to 10, the Patriots have beat the Vikings in 2018. Final season with, uh, well, the Patriots would go on to win their final Super Bowl with Brady and Belichick together. Man, and the, I, I just can't even believe how many they had won. That was their sixth. Sixth and final together, Brady would win number seven a couple of years later with the Bucks. But to say that uh, Belichick's Patriots don't uh, deserve, or that Belichick doesn't have anything to do with the Patriots winning, or that he isn't a huge reason, of course he is. They completely shut down that LA Rams team with Jared Goff and all that. Completely made them look terrible. And they had a pretty good defensive line, too, Did the, pay, uh, the Rams. That was a good defensive team. That's why Brady wasn't all that great, but he did have a, a drive that ended up putting the Patriots ahead, but overall, Belichick's defense made the, uh, what you call it, the Rams, look crappy, and he made the St. Louis Rams look crappy many years earlier. Of course, there's all that Spygate, but still, still, I mean, I, I don't know, it doesn't guarantee that the Patriots would have won that game. Maybe I sound like an idiot. As for the Vikings and the Patriots going forward, now that I've babbled enough, and I apologize. And I've I've been a fan of the Patriots over the years, and I still respect what Belichick can do, and all that. Uh, you're going against Mac Jones. He ain't Tom Brady. He's a decent quarterback. He's a game manager. Damian Harris is one of the running backs. Uh, Mac Jones can move around a little bit, but not really. He's not all that scary. But the Patriots defense looks a hell of a lot scarier than it did not that long ago. Um, obviously, some solid players. Uh, Matthew Judon with a sack and a half today. Dietrich Wise Jr. with a sack. Kyle Duggar with a sack. Um, It's a dangerous defense. Very stingy. Mac Jones is a good game manager for now. He's not going to be a Brady, but he may may continue to become more and more clutch. Uh, I don't like the Vikings' chances in this game. I got a bad feeling the Vikings go on a two-game losing streak. Hopefully after that, Vikings turn things around. But otherwise, I'm not confident. I'm not overly confident that the Vikings are going to go and beat the Patriots. Their offense is nothing special 25 fifth in the NFL in passing yards 17th in rushing yards 27th in total offense yuck. but their defense is dangerous. they're They're one of the best honestly. So I'm overall I'm not overly confident that the Vikings are going to get the job done versus the New England Patriots. in fact I, I'm doubtful. Um, I'm doubtful. I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Bella, uh, cousins m- throws multiple interceptions in the game. And struggles a bit. And especially if uh, Derrissau is not healthy. I, I don't like the Vikings' chances. I, I just don't. And I, I hate saying it. You don't know how much I hate saying it and how badly I wish this uh, Vikings team could get the job done versus the Patriots. The offense will go out and, and get the job done. But unfortunately, I'm kind of worried. I'm kind of worried going forward overall when uh, regarding what the, the Patriots can, uh, what the Patriots defense is capable of, and what the Vikings will have to deal with. Uh, they're giving up 22.6 points a game. That's, you know, obviously not that great. The Vikings, this is the defense, right? Yeah, well, oh, that's offense. I'm looking at the wrong thing. I apologize. I was like, wait a minute. This feels backwards. The Patriots are, yeah, look at that. Woo-wee. Very stingy. Um, very, very stingy. Defense, New England Patriots allowing only 18.4 points a game. Yowzer, uh, as for yardage, they're kind of in the middle. 325, that's kind of higher than I would have expected. But yeah, Vikings are giving up 381. We're in the worst range. And this is going into this week. Of course, I'm sure New England's numbers will be better uh, after today. Yeah, they have 11 interceptions in the game. Two uh, pick sixes, which is tied with... Carolina, of all teams, that's funny. Arizona's got the most with three. Whatever. That's kind of a little bit on the luck side, I suppose. Forced fumbles there. They have eight. That's pretty good. Which, watch out, that could happen. Overall defensive touchdowns. Patriots tied with Carolina. Uh-huh, watch out. Again, this is coming into today's game. What is all this? So, yeah. Woo. In total points, giving up New England is second best in the league, 326 given up, pass deflections that's like, you know, these are kind of like random numbers sometimes there's some luck there in the middle New England is number was was number three coming into today's game with 32 well tied with second with Tampa, so we're going to lose, unfortunately and I'm not trying to be a jerk or be negative we're not going to win the game um, I boy do I want the Vikings to win this game you don't know how much, but if is out and you're going against a uh, pass rush like that and a team that's well coached like that and they've had our number forever, I, regardless if it's Tom Brady or just Belichick. It doesn't matter. Um, I think the Patriots win the football game, and I'm not trying to be negative or be hard. I didn't like what I saw today, and, well, go out and beat the Patriots. This is a proven game. Go out and beat the Patriots. Otherwise, we're going to be 8-3, and three, and I think the Vikings will be. I think it's going to be a low-scoring, frustrating game. The Vikings lose uh, 17-14 to to the Patriots. We, we muster something. We're in the game the whole way. We're not going to get blown out. But it's going to be low, 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 low scoring. 17-14. The Patriots defeat the Minnesota Vikings in a frustrating battle. Kirk Cousins is sacked five or six times and throws two interceptions. Does throw a touchdown, at least one to Justin Jefferson. I do think Justin Jefferson has a bit of a bounce back kind of a game. I don't think Jefferson's going to be shut out that much again. Now He will score a touchdown in the game. Cook will possibly get the other one. Or maybe the Vikings will go Mac Jones into a mistake. And we get a defensive touchdown. But otherwise, I do think it's Cook and Jefferson. If two offensive players score a touchdown in the game, Cousins will at least throw one touchdown in the game. But multiple interceptions and sacks several times, I unfortunately believe. Patriots win. Maybe they end up winning by more, maybe not. But I'm just kind of thinking it's a conservative type of situation here. 17-14 to 14, Patriots will beat the Vikings on Thanksgiving Day. Yuck. We'll be back for Fan Interaction right after this. We're going to get caught up with Mad Martin. And we'll see if there's some else, uh, other call-ins as well.
1: Greetings, Joey. Six and one. Well, who would have thought that at the start of the year? Um, exciting times. Now, six and one, so I guess you are what your record states you are, which is obviously pretty good. But as far as I'm concerned, they still don't pass the eye test. Certainly this this game yesterday, um, from an offensive side, it certainly was more of a complete performance. Um, we didn't have these uh, quarters where they would... Go walk about, as they say in Australia, and disappear somewhere for chunks of the game. So that, that was a, a big positive. If I'm going to nitpick offensively, that final um, drive was irritating in the sense that all they needed to do was get a first down, ice the game, and put no more pressure on the defence. But as usual, they find a way to keep it close and make it um, stressful. Now, defensively, they did what they've been doing the entire season so far, which, again, is giving up significant amounts of turf, but finding a way to make key plays when needed. So, yeah, that's that's quite encouraging. I'll be interesting to see if they do trade for anybody this week as the deadline approaches. Um, I mean, there are areas, obviously, even on offense, that perhaps they, they need to... Uh, <sighs> kind of solidify, could certainly use another receiver or a tight end, but I guess we'll, we'll see if anything happens on that front. Um, got Washington, the Commanders. What a horrible bloody name for a team, so I'll just call them Washington. Some would say, is this a trap game? Well, to have a trap game, you need to be, I think, a, a really good team. What I'd like to see is, offensively, us to put on a good show, And win by 20 points, that would be more encouraging going forward that we are starting to be able to put points on teams. Um, It should be a win, but as we know, you never quite trust the situation. And then the Bills the week after, the real test will come. Um, Can I just say thank you to Gerald for his kind words, much appreciated. And um, I'm going to pretty much leave it at that again. As always, appreciate the podcast, Joey. Um, always like the history of the game we're going to be playing or the history of the uh, franchise we're going to play the following week. As always, enlightening. And it does bring back some good memories, some bloody bad memories, and just memories in general. Anyway, that's me. I shall uh, settle down to see what happens during the this week. Um, take care. Skull, brothers and sisters. Hello, Joey. Well what an insane um, weekend that was i don't i don't have a clue how to describe that final quarter and overtime i suppose what, what you have to be impressed by is is the fight that this team has now as the game progressed i was sort of sort of following social media and vikings twitter especially and and the meltdowns that certain people were having as we went two scores down i was never in that sort of camp where it's oh you know w- we've got to win uh, or we are fraud. it was it was more a case of i wanted to see a team that was prepared to fight and stay in that game as competitively as possible because you don't look at the bills and think oh win especially in buffalo um all i hoped for it would be competitive and we would keep it close and the fact that we uh, walked out with another victory another another victory that pretty much has been the formula this year where the defense has made key plays and put us back into the match in a very strong position you know you look you look back at team, or, or Vikings teams that have started off in this sort of position i mean Aiden one didn't see it coming um I really didn't this year. I I was hopeful that perhaps we could win 11, maybe 12 games looking at the schedule. But again, you you look back saying, okay, 98, 09, 17, all very different seasons to how this one is kind of beginning to pan out. 98, high, high high-powered offence. Unfortunately, came up short against Atlanta. 09, again, the far run was great fun and um, we came up unfortunately short against the Saints with some biased umpiring refereeing whatever it was just fucking grim excuse my language people Um, and 17 again I, I don't know how you explain going into Philly and playing that badly that should have been a win and I don't believe though they would have beaten Belichick's Patriots in the Super Bowl that year but this, this season, it's it, it's just grit and determination that KOC's brought to this team. They're finding ways to win games that you kind of think, well, we've blown that one, haven't we? And they, they claw themselves back. It's, it's intriguing and, at times, exciting to watch. Um, it's Tuesday morning. The Eagles have lost to Washington. I'm highly delighted. So we're, in essence, not far behind the Eagles. If... If they can lose another couple and we can find ways to win, uh, I'm not saying Dallas will be easy. They have a high-powered run game, which we've got to find a way to stop. But if we can keep going like this, anything, I guess, is possible. Um, You you go into Buffalo's house and you do what you do, or what we did, then, yeah, this has the potential to be the year at long last. I'm not not prepared to uh, plant my flag yet and say this is our year. But the football gods have been incredibly generous so far. And the team has found, found a way to win and found a way to believe in itself. I think momentum is very important in the NFL. It's only a 17-game season. Um, what's nice is we're not now far from clinching the division. That's great. We've won plenty of divisional titles, super. It's now about going beyond that. Um, And I look forward to seeing where we go in the run-up to Christmas. Anyway, Joey, that's enough from me. Skull brothers and sisters. Let's beat the Cowboys.
0: And I want to thank you for both of those callings, Mad Martin. Awesome. Mad Martin, Dave Martin, out of Northern Scotland. Really, 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 really appreciate those both. It's interesting how, like, back when the Vikings were 6-1, and and again, I apologize for missing that call. Had to get it in there. Um, uh, kind of haunting about, like, how, like, what, uh, what the Vikings might have to worry about coming up, and how it could have been a trap game in Washington. Almost was. Washington ended up being a pretty good team at the end of the day, but uh, still, Vikings, you'd hope, would get the job done. But again, kind of haunting, and how, like, oh, you would like to have a the Vikings finally beat somebody by 20 points, isn't that? And now the Vikings have a negative point differential for the season with an 8-2 and team. Absolutely weird and all that. And how, you know, you want to clean up some of the bad habits and then eventually they really came to haunt us in a big way. Um, and you're talking about how the resiliency of the Vikings in that second call and it was such a beautiful thing. And then again, you follow up something like that. With such a devastating uh, deal, again, I I don't want to, jo- I don't want to trample all over your call. in again, always there's always stuff to unpack this and that, because um, I don't I don't want to ignore it either. That would be wrong. Uh, it's just that like holy cow, what a uh, what a what a turn of events and how excited we were after that Bills game and how you re- how we returned to play the Dallas Cowboys at home. And you end up getting your butts kicked. A lot of us thought maybe you would be kind of the other way around. Maybe You know, you end up getting beat by Buffalo, but then beat Dallas. That type of thing. Maybe in a close game. Ends up being um, really bad. I put threat. Thread. Oh, boy. And I hope that I can edit that here. Of course, the whole world saw that, or at least a lot of you guys saw it. There. I edited it. it, 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 it. Yeah, but no, thank you so much for those great call-ins. Again, I'll let you just have the floor with those, rather than me kind of jumping in on everything, but um, yeah, thank you very much for that. I'll follow that. Okay. Thank you, uh, let's like the Pigskin Podcast Network, Mad Martin, and Malcolm McSween retweeting the most recent show. I believe a couple other people did as well. Yep, Tanae Brown did out of New Zealand. Thank you very, 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 very much. Really appreciate it for retweeting things, and I was saying, Iowa, Iowa has passed Minnesota as the number one state for approval mafia listeners. Thank you, Iowa. I love you, and yes, I do. Um, as I like to look at demographics now that I have that available on megaphone, again, hoping this show shows up on, uh, on, um, oh, looks like that one shows, yeah, hopefully that uh, Timberwolves explosion finally shows up. That would be great. I want to look at demographics again real quick, what the heck, especially considering, you know, yeah, I just heard from somebody from, uh, you heard uh, Mad Martin northern scotland so this is everybody let's switch it up to just purple mafia that's the all all three of the shows here purple mafia yep there oh yeah there was another interesting thing i was about to get to so for countries singapore and united kingdom are both tied obviously like 88 percent is united states so unfortunately not as many uh reaching out as much which is unfortunate for some reason new zealand's not showing up i'm pretty sure that um today listens to this show. I'm sure New Zealand's more. uh, I'm sure basketball is more popular over there because New Zealand is like number one basically when it comes to states or regions, New or cities. New Zealand, Auckland, New Zealand is number one. Period for Timberwolves explosion when it comes to cities. That's cool and crazy at the same time. Australia, Norway, but yeah, Singapore and United Kingdom are tied for second. As for states, this is where something I found very interesting happened. Of course, again, Iowa ended up passing everybody and winning, and they're way ahead. They're way ahead of Minnesota, which again tells you, yeah, I'm not that popular in Minnesota. I'm not. <laughs> number one, Iowa, Iowa, Iowa. 28%. Thank you, guys. I mean, thank you guys so much, and you'll hear reactions on uh, Facebook more so. This is Twitter, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. Iowa, number one number one, with a bullet, 10% ahead of uh, Minnesota with precincts precincts still coming in. Okay, I'm just messing around. Minnesota's number two. Guess which state is number three? Guess which state is number three? Most people would be like, yeah, sure. No, it it can't be that one. It's California, right? Like the Anthony from LA and all that. No, they're fourth. Florida, too. Interesting. Florida's fifth. Nebraska, there you go. Illinois, Arizona, and uh, Singapore and even Washington. The state of Washington. Number three is New York. Yep, concrete jungle where dreams are made of <laughs> New York. Yeah, is number three. I mean, that put a smile ear to ear. New York. And I remember people back in the day said that I have kind of a New York personality. I speak my mind. I'm not just kissing the team's butt all the time like some of the Minnesota fans do locally. And that I would probably be more popular in New York if, uh, than, than Minnesota That's almost happening here. Almost. It's not that far behind. Minnesota. What the heck? Uh, (laughs) Come on, guys. Step out there and play, yeah? Come on, you morons. What are you doing out there? Hey, Kirk, throw the ball, you moron. No, it's not quite that bad. That Kirk, he did pretty good out there today, eh? No. (laughs) They beat the Buffalo Bills. Now they got the Giants coming up in a couple weeks. But Patriots are going to be a little tougher. So you got to be ready. Got to be ready for the Patriots. And I know not every New Yorker sounds like that, I'm sure. Uh, Like, I don't think they even sound like that in Buffalo. It's probably a bit different. But um, what an honor. Uh, There's Long Island and there's New York City right across there. Really? Really? (laughs) It's so cool. See, that's what I, you know, I'm kind of like a kid with a new toy right now. That I can look at the demographics. After doing podcasting for... 14 and a half almost 15 years i finally have demographics i know where people are listening from yes and this is not really like you know and and it's still kind of like a slow you know like a slow burn as they say as things are kind of getting caught up to speed because let's just say i'd have you know four figure numbers on hipcast right well, over here, it's like double-digit to double-triple-digit. That's There's no way the numbers drop by 90% just by moving the megaphone. So it's just not capturing everything yet. So that's what's interesting, but I do think I'm getting general percentages. Um, I'm getting general percentages now, which is kind of cool. Um, as I, I'm not going to say the download numbers because they'd be embarrassingly low, but the <laughs> considering, yeah, it's like 10% of what I would normally get on HipCast. But it but it is showing uh but percentages overall of where people are listening. And California is fourth, so thank you, California. Obviously, yes, and not yeah, not not Anthony from LA necessarily. Malcolm. I apologize, Malcolm. Malcolm, man, he's the king of it. Malcolm, you're the you're the greatest. And Sam Gupta. Yes, Sam Gupta. let's not forget about Sam. Awesome, awesome guy. He's been around since two thousand eight. So, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm gonna come back to this from time to time because it's again, it's like a shiny new toy. For this, this kid named Joey Awajan. Apple Podcasts? Is it finally working for Timberwolves Explosion? No, it's, it's not. I, I know what happened. Damn it. Get your butt together. Uh, hopefully. Okay, let's go where I need to go. I apologize. I just thought that was interesting. Yep, Tenet liked that. I talked about Iowa because, yes, uh, New Zealand is number one for Timberwolves Explosion. So, obviously, tenay has got uh, something to celebrate there. Matt Martin was saying a lot of Viking fans in the potato states. Uh, Idaho? Oh, okay. Oh, you're thinking about corn more so, actually. Potatoes, Idaho. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I get the idea. Um, yeah, they have potatoes there too, I'm sure, but like corn and, and uh, pork. Corn and pork, those are the two main things in Iowa. Because um, yeah, pork is a big thing. Obviously the Vikings just lost to the uh, Vikings. The Gophers just lost to the uh, Iowa Hawkeyes for the 99th time in a row. So... Um, and, I, and, and the trophy is, is, a, is a little pig, so think about it again. That's pork, So, but I guess Minnesota is pork too. That's why it'd be the whole thing in Minnesota and Wisconsin is an axe like we hate each other. Ugh, we're going to bury the hatchet. Okay, anyhow, next man, Marnieup, he was clapping for Iowa. Thank you. Yep, I mean, they, they deserve it. They really do. Thank you. You guys are... Iowa, I love you. I love you, Iowa. I, I hate when the Hawkeyes beat the Gophers, but you know what? I accept it. I accept it, because they're, they're always going to... It just looks like the way it is. Uh, Mad Barn continues. is looking forward to this game. The psychology, the psychology will be interesting to see how, now that they are considered legitimate contenders, how will that affect them. Mm. Ooh, that's haunting. Oh, that's haunting. Oh, that is right to the heart. Holy cow. Yeah. Talk about failing a test, huh? Mad Martin says, now now watching it live, brother. Well, he says, okay, good. I'm glad you were watching it live, so I wasn't spoiling it for you. I was saying, I'm so sick of seeing our defense give up third down over and over and over and over and over and over. It's enough to make you want to shatter the TV screen. And then I got a quote treat from Sarcastic Viking, who does follow. Thank you very much. Not sure if he listens, but maybe. He says, and over. Yep, Because it happened again, probably right about that time. Victoria, British Columbia. Cool. Is that Chris Tucker? I wonder if it is. It might be. Because I know he was from uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. Because Victoria, Vancouver, that's like that area. So, yep. And I was talking about the defense being bad. Sebastian said, you misspelled the entire team. <laughs> uh, yes. I was saying our run defense is absolutely pathetic so far. Sebastian said, you misspelled the entire team. And I'm like, yep, that too. Man Mars says, O-line looks terrible. Yes, they did. And that was even before Derrishaw's, uh returning to the concussion thing, but he probably was bad in general because of that. Um, it's really disappointing because that guy looked like an all-pro. Hopefully he's going to be okay because you lose your left tackle, I think we're dead. I mean, you know, you, you lost like Matt Khalil for the season, I remember that. He wasn't even that good, but still, it's still a major thing. Um, the Vikings died basically in 2016. Oh, next man up. Yeah, good luck. I, I, Next man up my butt. You know, yes, it's the next guy up, and they got to play, and they're getting paid and all that stuff, and it's a golden opportunity for somebody, but it might be golden opportunity for the opposing uh, right defensive tackle, actually. Um, Mad Martin says, This is how you beat a good offensive team like the Vikings. Run the ball and convert third downs and keep them on the sideline. Yep. I was saying, exactly, that's what's happening for sure. It's mind-boggling how we can't even make a stop. Not one punt. Not one. Not one. Not one. Um, what got me going here? Yeah, obviously the whole damn game. Yeah, I, I, I was saying losing followers again. If you can't take my frustration, bye-bye. And then James Wright, who's actually from uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba. Yes, we know about Winnipeg, Manitoba. Go Jets. No, not really. Winnipeg Blue Bombers, not the Jets. (laughs) I like the Jets. I I like the old Jets who are now Phoenix, but I like them when they were there. I like the logo and everything. I don't like the new logo for Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Boy, they're a tough team though, aren't they? Um, (laughs) Hopefully he listens and he's not just kind of casual. James Wright, again, Canadian. Manitoba says, you're the worst fan. Because I was getting mad, and then I said, "No, just an honest one who's being who's been through hell and back." James Wright responds with, "It's just one L. Learn from it and beat them in the playoffs." And I was saying, "I hope so. I certainly hope so." Matt Martin was saying, "We might well need a reality check," and it sure looks like it, doesn't it? Somebody retweeted it. Was it me? Who retweeted it? The quote tweet by me. I was saying, I suppose better now than in January because we've been through enough of that. Yeah, I think, like, here we are. What a great, promising season. Everything looks great. Wow, what an emotional win last week. And then, oh, oh, it's one of those. It's one of those. Yep, it's one of those, isn't it? (laughs) Sure was. Yep. And then, I, yeah, I was getting vulgar. I was saying, bleep you, Parsons, enough already because I felt like he was just trolling us and dancing on our grave, and it drove me nuts. Uh, And then I wrote third down conversion, third down conversion, third down conversion, third down conversion. The Cowboys haven't punted once. I'm about to explode. It feels like a playoff game going the way they normally do. It's like we forget to play because we saw the pinstripes, which is kind of like where I was leaning towards the name of this episode. I'm still deciding as we speak. It does feel like that, though, like the pinstripes, like the Twins versus the Yankees. Like, man, what an amazing season, 101 wins. Home run record, wow! Here we go. Oh, well, we got swept in the playoffs again, and it was the Yankees again. It's just like, seriously, you know, and it's like ten to two, basically, in the, the fifth inning. It's like what just happened here? Like we open it up two nothing, yeah, baby. A couple home runs or a two run homer, we're up two nothing. Here we go, and we got runners on base. And next thing you know, it's like a double play to end the inning or something, and then it's like. Da 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 da, da. Bah! home run after a home run and the twins are getting obliterated again by the by the Yankees. Yeah yeah it's, it's just wonderful. Yep. Mad Martin says What was I respond he was responding to something that I said, I think. No? Yeah, maybe it's just in general. He said, Yeah, let's just leave it to our backup tackle against Parsons by himself. No extra help from a tight end or running back. That makes sense. Yeah, no help. And he got he got his butt kicked. He got his absolute butt kicked, and it was so sad. Uh, it really was. L.J. Leland, I think this is, uh, I think this is uh, Leland Albertson. I think it is. He says, I just want to play good. It's okay to lose if we try harder, unless this is somebody related to him. Looks like a young lady, actually. Maybe, Maybe. okay, this. she might be his daughter, maybe, or his wife. I can't tell. Maybe daughter, because she looks pretty young. Skull Vikings, Britney Spears fan girl. <laughs> yep, so, okay. And you like the Red Sox. That's cool. I like the Red Sox. Maybe maybe she's not related uh, to Leland at all, though. Might be somebody completely different. And if it is, I apologize to Leland Albertson if I'm going off in la-la land here. But uh, nice to hear from you, LJ. She says, yeah, I just want to play good. It's okay to lose if we try harder. I don't want to lose too much. I don't want to lose too much, though. Mad Martin says, painful to watch silver. And I do not want to lose in a playoff game. Once you make the playoffs, you got to go undefeated, damn it. It's not best out of seven, best out of three, best out of five. It's best out of one. Mad Martin says, well, it's brought us all back to earth. Horrible game. Yep, Mad Martin nailed it there. Let's uh, continue. I believe. Yeah, a couple comments on the most recent episode. But then I didn't babble as much as I normally do in the second segment, right? <laughs> A little more room for, for you guys. You deserve the room more than I do. Mark Carlson was saying, thank you, Joey. Yep, and he was showing an image of the phone with the, the screenshot of the podcast playing. Um, thank you, Joey. Your podcast really adds excitement to my week. Thank you for your dedication and persistence to put this together each week. Shout out to Jay Mason. Here is the link. Get it while it's hot. And yep, thank you so much for sharing that. I really do. Um, Really, really appreciate that, honest to God. And let's continue to the... Yep, I was talking about Iowa's past Minnesota's the number one state for Purple Mafia listeners. Thank you, Iowa. I love you. Because I figured uh, Facebook, I'd get a response. Uh, but I got actually a little bit more on Twitter, though, again, the king of Iowa. Of course, you could say a couple of, of you are like man hard. Um, like no, like uh, Dave Hickey and all of you, Leland. Mark Carlson says, Skull to my fellow listeners of Pearl Mafia in the great state of Iowa. Yes, sir. And again, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers is his logo there. It's amazing to think Bud Grant coached that team. Isn't that crazy, Hall? That's kind of connected together. Isn't that something Bud Grant, believe it or not, coached that team before coming to Minnesota. Ain't that the darndest thing? And he did really well there. Vikings versus Cowboys in-game thread. Let's see if I can get through this, uh, obviously, and then the post game and... Somebody was laughing. Who the heck is that? Mike Tapanila. Maybe he's from the, maybe he's a Wisconsinite. Who knows? I was talking about the third round conversion and I was about to explode. Jerry Hicks from St. Louis, if I remember correctly, says, can't keep coming back every week. Hope I'm wrong, but the defense has been brutal. Yeah, it's been, yeah, you can't just keep coming back. Yeah. Yeah, Jerry Hicks is from St. Louis. That's what I, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't look again. I just remember very clearly unless he moved. Um, I was saying, sick of seeing a run defense, give up third down over and over and over and over and over. And over. It's enough to make you want to shatter the TV screen. Dave Vicky says, enough that the national media hates the Vikings, but we got Tony Rumo in the, both, in the booth. B.S. And I was saying, yeah, it's driving me nuts. Dave Vicky again, Iowa, the great state of Iowa, says, finally a tackle, then you give up another, yeah, see, another big catch in the end zone which was not a catch. He didn't control it, but they'll give it to him again, which they did. I should have never trolled the Cowboys, but they are going to be watching the Super Bowl at home. Maybe we'll see them again down the road. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think the Cowboys win. No, I don't think they uh, go to the Super Bowl. Nope. Um, Dave Hickey again says, freaking Romo is pissing me off, and these officials are too. Yeah, it looked like things were kind of going to be going our way early on, that they were catching the Cowboys doing a lot of things. And then all of a sudden, it it switched very quickly and harshly. Mike Dale says, way to prove the the, the detractors right, by the way. Way to keep the experts, the experts feel that we're a second-class outfit. If you're not ticked off, there's something wrong with you. Amen. Yep. See, like people calling me a bad fan. Yeah, if you're not ticked off, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, I was beyond ticked off, and yep, so I'm with you, Mike. Mike says, second half, time to wake up. Yep, time to come back and all that, hopefully, and we didn't. But that was, uh, yeah, the other one was uh, much later. There's something wrong with you. Yep. Um, Mike Dale's out of New York, the great state of New York. Uh, Brad McCarthy said Man Booth Jr. is getting, yeah, he he was He was getting cr- uh, creamed. Yep, obviously nine tackles. That means he gave up at least nine catches. Mike Dale says the rest of the world is still, well, maybe not nine catches, but, but generally speaking, he gave up a lot of catches. Mike Dale says, the rest of the world is sleeping on us, including Vegas, and predicting us to lose today at home. I say, why don't we keep this ride moving along? I extend the winning streak, and in the process, extend two middle fingers to doubters. Hey, let's roll it, Mike, again later on. He said, way to prove us, way to prove them wrong. Because this darn thing isn't in chronological order. Jerry Hicks says, hopefully no hanger from the hangover from last game. The Vikings are notorious for after an emotional win. Good test for knockout. Oh, God! Uh, yeah, KOC or whatever, you know, Kevin O'Connell is what I'd like to say. Yeah, he didn't put KOC, he just put Kevin O'Connell and removing this 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 trait. Unfortunately, it's exactly what happened again. Yeah, you nailed that one, Jerry. Oh, you nailed that to the wall. Jerry, you nailed it. Yep, like you were afraid of like a, a big letdown after that. And, uh, whew, yep, nailed it. Dave Vicky says, didn't start out real good. TJ dropped true to potential touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. Mike Dale says, come on, Hawk. Kirk can't place that any better. That should have been six. Yep, damn right. Brett McCarthy was like, that's it. See you all next week. Well, I guess it's safe to say we can't play after 3 p.m. Oh, man. Jerry Hicks says, the game is so bad, and the network St. Louis went to another game. Yeah, and eventually they did in other places. Like, yeah, Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh and Cincinnati around here, maybe there also. I think that was the only other CBS game, right? Pittsburgh and uh, because yeah, a lot of people thought this would be an epic battle. Like, oh my God, we had the game of the week last week against Minnesota-Dallas, NFC rivals, and they're both good this year, and woo wee Yep. Both sides of the ball were struggling yep, according to Brett McCarthy. Yep, Todd Blair welcome aboard, says, this is the exact reason I hope for the best, but expect the worst. Oh, there's always that, that uh, you know, the other shoe, as they call it. The other shoe to drop, as they like to call it. Let's see if I can see where... It doesn't say. That sucks. Uh, maybe. Nothing. God, I hate that about Facebook sometimes. Yep. You want to see if you can get a clue where people are from, whatever, and it doesn't say. Uh, now I missed all this stuff. You can get caught up here. Apologize for my uh, delay. Yep. There, here we go. Mike Dale says. All right, this this is a right ass-kicking so far. Any response? Patty Pyraki says, "Uh, Skull Vikings, that was early on. Yep, and uh, yeah, Ben McCarthy was thinking that Cook could have been really good. Yeah, and Madison, and yeah, the, you can really run on the Cowboys. Just unfortunately, we fell way behind. And well, sad. Ro- Roxy... Slasher, yep, says, oh, my God, just take the lead and don't put us through anything like last week's call. And, of course, that didn't happen. Denny Nest said, hell, yes. Yep, but unfortunately, again, that was at the beginning. Mark Carlson wraps up this thread, saying, not sure I will see today's game against the hated Cowboy team. I am in Winnipeg this weekend and will be attending a Grey Cup party tonight. The game features the Winnipeg Blue Bombers versus the Toronto Argonauts. I love that name, Argonauts, the Blue Bombers is good, too. The Argonauts quarterback is Maloud. Be- oh, my God. McLeod Bethel-Thompson. What am I saying? Maloud. McLeod Bethel-Thompson, former Viking- Vikings backup quarterback. And, of course, the Blue Bombers are forever tied to Minnesota Vikings by head coach by Grant. See? There you go. So, Skull, let's roll Vikings. Let's roll Blue Bombers. Yep, Mark knows more than I do about that one. <laughs> yep, because he goes back a bit further, I'm sure, but maybe not all the way back to uh, Bud being with the Blue Bombers, but the knowledge is there because you know, Blue Bombers fan with his wife, uh, Cindy Carlson. So, absolutely. Eric Mostard, I didn't see that one. I apologize, Eric. South Dakota says, much like me, CBS has apparently given up in the Vikings game and is now showing Steelers Bengals. Yep, see? So, yeah. Let's get to the post-game thread. Patrick Grant has returned. I like that. I like hearing from Patrick Grant. David Gunther said, they played today. Yep, good question there, Dave. I agree with that. Uh, he lives in Knoxville, Illinois. And yes, there's evidence that people from Illinois listen to the show. Thank you. Just in case uh, Dave Gunther does listen to the show. Patrick Grant, is he local? It doesn't say the location. I don't, I don't want to bother people anyway. Uh, but if yeah, maybe you could say. Still in, uh, still in first place and still 4.4 and a half games up on Green Bay. We're going to rebound on Thursday. I hope so. That'd be great. Nice to hear, Bring up Patrick. Mike Dale, here we go. Should I save it? Because <laughs> it's going to be big. You know, I'm sure that's going to be. Uh, James Post says, Skull. And yeah, thank you. Thank you, James. Uh, keeping things positive from California. A. Dave Hickey from Iowa says, Let's get some likes here. Likes and loves and all that stuff first. Just to make sure that everyone gets recognized because you deserve to be. Yeah, there you go. You deserve it to be. Thank you so much for posting. Those of you you, that saved me the time here. Dave Vicky says, wow, that was hard to watch. I honestly walked away and quit watching it. I guess I shouldn't have trolled the Cowboys, but when Alexa makes a joke about the Cowboys, you have to share it. Yeah, that is pretty funny. That is. um, Yeah, Dave, good job, though. Um, And ah, it sucks. And they started trolling us at the end. Last and certainly not least, Mike Dale says, "Right off mulligan whatever you want to call this i had a feeling this was going to be a hangover and it was why can't this team ever build upon a high pathetic is not that drive you nuts doesn't that just drive you crazy uh juvenile amateurish whatever you want to pour on this team to be fair we can't win them all yep however this was an embarrassing performance for sure god i hate the cowboys, and i wish they and i wish we would have been shellacked by a more worthy opponent but I feel we were not on point today, far too many sh- uh, shrinkers and not enough game winners. You pick the proverbial peanuts or corn from the end product because I sure as heck cannot. The entire team gets gets a fail, but at eight and two, do they deserve a week off? I'm not panicked. However, Kevin O'Connell better be giving these guys a healthy dose of truth. Yep, and hopefully again, again you don't want to be like Zimmer and say this offensive line was tough, soft, and all that. You don't want to, like, pile on and ruin ruin the whole momentum of the team. And obviously that's not Kevin O'Connell. But at the same time, again, there has to be a heavy dose of truth as well. You don't want to be like Ryan Saunders who couldn't get to anybody, it seemed like, with the Timberwolves years ago when he was the coach. That's why he, just, he was just in over his head. <coughs> head, Ryan Saunders, where I do think Kevin O'Connell is a very, very worthy NFL coach the gold star for today's show it's got to go to mad martin the great call-ins and a lot of back and forth on twitter and putting up with my nonsense as well as he does when i start flipping out so i apologize mike dale you get a gold-plated silver you're just the greatest i absolutely love you all the time all the time as for bronze and all that where do we go with it Mark Carlson, always going to be involved, at least on the bronze level. I'm kind of bouncing back and forth on where to go with this one. Apologize. I'm also trying not to cough to death. I apologize. Who um, was kind of going back and forth. I I actually appreciated the honesty. Just in case he's listening uh, from Canada there. James Wright, I appreciate the honesty. I do. You deserve a, a bronze. Uh... I do. I appreciate the honesty, big time. Um, State of Iowa, you at least deserve a bronze, maybe an honorary gold star. In fact, I'm going to give Iowa an honorary gold star today as well. It's just kind of like a gold star that lasts forever the state of Iowa. Thank you so much. There's a gold plaque for being the number one state in the United States for Purple Mafia. I had a sneaky feeling that's what was going on, and now confirmation is 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 there. Confirmation is there. Iowa rules Purple Mafia when it comes to the United States. And it's pretty cool, but New York <laughs> coming in third is really impressive, and they were actually second for a minute there as well but iowa was catching up little did i know it was already there but it was getting the numbers are getting captured you know the precincts were coming in kind of like a certain event that happens every early november on tuesdays you know the first tuesdays of november every every couple years at the very least if not every well yeah there's every four years it's the huge one you know but well you know you get the idea even have mayors in the odd-numbered years as well, but even numbered years are often major elections, governors, senators, and all that, and presidents, and all that. President. And, of course, uh, certain people, uh, certain people uh, announcing their candidacy as well. So we'll leave that alone. Listen to Freedom of Thought for that, if you'd like. Just going to give a very subtle shout-out to that because I don't want to get too political. Uh, Otherwise, again, thank you, Iowa. Thank um, Thank you, Mad Martin. Over there in Northern Scotland. Always love the call-ins. Love the back and forth on Twitter. I mean, you are legendary. Uh, thank you, California, Malcolm McSween, you know, for being one of the big ones as well. Malcolm, and just in case Anthony from L.A. still listens. I don't know if I if I pissed him off years ago. I don't know, maybe. Justin Day, major shout-out again, just in case. I, I, yeah, he said he does still listen. And, of course, yep, yep, he also does a YouTube as well. Justin in Rochester, that's what they know him as on uh score north like they they love him on score north and i love him too doggone it just a day up he's been around since at least oh nine oh nine think about that that's a long time sometimes off and on because obviously some crappy seasons and all that like 2010 was garbage and stuff 11 but then 12 they were you know they jumped up again and all that and 13 was yucky and you know how, you know how football is things kind of ebb and flow Maybe they get sick of my act and then they, you know, I actually kind of like it when they come back. You know, people are, people might get sick of my act and then come back. So there's a little bit of that. Oh, there's Matt Junon right there. A guy we got to worry about a little pass rush coming on next week. Some kind of Thanksgiving conversation there. Oh yeah, they're previewing the Patriots and Vikings. Yeah, well, hopefully he's not going to dine in too much. This game will be here, so that helps. So we're actually hosting a Thanksgiving game. Huh. I think this might be the first time the Vikings have ever hosted a Thanksgiving game. That's interesting. Yeah, because remember in the past, it was always at Detroit, at Dallas. But now there's extra. There's an extra game. And it's kind of random. I think it's the first time the Vikings host a Thanksgiving game, isn't it? I didn't even talk about that earlier. Ain't that the darndest thing? And yeah, I mean, I love Thanksgiving. I'm sure a lot of you do as well. There's the turkey, the corn, the the cor- Yeah, the well, the creamed corn or whatever the heck it might be. Maybe it's corn in the cob for some. There's nothing like t- the I mean, the actual main event is the turkey. Some of you don't even like turkey. Some of you would rather have ham or even like a like a prime rib type of thing, but that's usually Christmas when it comes to the prime rib or the ham. I will go with the beef. There. Yes, I will go with the beef when it comes to Christmas. But uh, for me, the main event always is the turkey. But then, not too far behind, mashed potatoes and gravy, the stuffing. I mean, that's all just legendary stuff. And one of the most underrated things, some of you love it, some of you hate it. It's kind of a love-hate thing. I would say more than half of society likes cranberry sauce. Some people like it where it has, like, the little cranberries in there. And other people like it where it's the jellied thing. I, I like the jellied thing. It's just, you know... I just do, but I mean, I I don't mind the chunky cranberry stuff as well. It's, it's a nice, it wouldn't be the dumbest idea to have one of each, you know, like have one can of each, the the one second uh, cranberry sauce, and there's a turkey on the screen now, and yummity, yummity, and it is ironic how real wild turkeys live in Golden Valley. In fact, where I grew up in, uh, uh, where I grew up around, you know, what do they call it, the North tire Ty- I believe, would it be north or south? North Tyrol Hills, yeah. South Tyrol Hills is an extremely rich part, uh, the extremely rich area where it's by Cedar Lake. But North Tyrell Hills, there's, media, uh, there's middle class, and then some of the rich houses, we're in like the middle class part mostly. Um, there's some rich houses by us anyway, but middle class, obviously. And um, yeah, a lot of turkeys live there. Interesting. My mom even calls it Turkey Street sometimes. So sorry for babbling a little bit, but it's some people like my little last-second thing. Um, looking forward to Thanksgiving. I'm wishing all of you a happy Thanksgiving, and hopefully we celebrate a positive Thanksgiving. As for the release of that show, I'm with the way things are setting up. And I always do Timberwolves Explosion on Black Friday. I always do Brave the Wild on uh, Thanksgiving morning. I always do, and I might even throw in a Freedom of Thought where I talk a little bit about Thanksgiving. I did that last year. So the chances are, and the way I like to do this show is segment two. I'm probably going to wait until Sunday night to release the show. I'll probably do the first segment maybe Thursday night if I have the energy, if I'm not knocked out from eating too much or whatever. Yeah. Not drinking too much, eating too much. Because I'm just not the type to drink too much. But um, the first segment will probably be recorded much closer to the game. But then I'll wait to do segment two and three uh, till Sunday. That's what I'm guessing I'm going to do, because it'll probably shape out better that way. You can get segment two, have a more of a complete segment two, and it'll be a good full show. Otherwise, I've babbled enough. Thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you that are in the United States that celebrate it. God bless you, and we'll talk to you next, uh, we'll talk to you next weekend.